0: Hi, and welcome to the Religion and Story podcast with your hosts,
1: Stephen, Daniel, and Michael Crouch. So, this week, we want to discuss the issue of whether the Churches of Christ are or are not a denomination. This is a problem that the Churches of Christ have dealt with for a long time. It's a question that a lot of people have asked. And so today, we want to deal specifically with three parts of that conversation. First, there's the question of what does it mean to be a denomination? What what is a denomination? What does the word mean? The second question is, is the Church of Christ a denomination, what we began with? Uh, That's the, the crux and the fundamental question to be asked here today. And then the last question we hope to address is, what does that mean for members of the Church of Christ? What does it mean for their group the Church of Christ to either be a denomination or not be. So to begin, I'm going to turn it over to Michael. Michael, can you answer that first question for us? What does the word denomination mean? Um, How are we to understand that in light of this discussion?
0: Sure. And there's probably a couple of different definitions, and often some of the confusion that arises around this question is because people are using different definitions, of what the word denomination means. The most basic uh, accepted definition is that a denomination is a recognized autonomous branch of the Christian church. So uh, Baptist or a denomination, Methodist or a denomination, Catholics are a denomination, uh, go down the list, Church of Christ is a denomination. Um, even the census would use that definition uh, the US census would use that definition of what a denomination is to divide groups up to a to be a countable number of people and individual congregations now another definition of the word denomination is fractions of the lord's church and specifically fractions off of the lord's church so the idea there being that there is one main line of God's church, perhaps uh, the trunk of the tree, if you will, and then there are branches uh, that have that have fractured off and that are no longer a part of that main main trunk. Um, so, that, and that's another word that, uh, excuse me, another definition that we could use for denomination. Uh, that you know, it is divisions within the church. That's how it has been used in the past. And depending on who you're talking to, uh, they could use one definition or the other, or sometimes they'll use both interchangeably.
2: That sounds about right to me. Uh, I I would say that misconceptions that we have with uh, denominations are uh, saying that is the name that's on a building, for one. Um, And just because uh, churches of Christ have a name that they are universally... I say universally that they, um, they recognize within themselves that does not then, then make them a denomination. Uh, just because they can identify themselves, uh, as people of churches of Christ that, uh, uh, really all that goes to do, it, it serves as a belief system that is a general rule of thumb. It, I would not say that just because you have Church of Christ then makes you saved on your building. I think we, uh, sorry, just because you have that name on your building does not mean that you and the congregation as a whole are saved. I I assume we all agree with that, though.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's that's part of the idea of the visible and invisible church, and we may get further into that. Um, I did want to add one more uh, set of definitions I think I, I may cite this throughout our conversation, but there is a book called Reviving the Ancient Faith. I um, can't remember the author off the top of my head, but he's a, I think he's a member of the Disciples of Christ, and he uh, may may have at one point been a member of the Churches of Christ. Uh, but he, he's writing about the history of uh, the Restoration Movement, and I think the main... Topic that he's trying to deal with is this question, um, and he deals a lot with um, the difference between a denomination and a sect. Uh, and he says he says that the Church of Christ, when they're talking about denomination, they say we, we're not a denomination. They're talking about denomination in the religious sense of the word. I think that's the adjective he uses. It's uh, they're using the religious definition. But he says when everyone else is talking about it, they're using the sociological sense of the word. Um, I'm not sure if you can defend that thoroughly. But what he would say that means is the sociological meaning for denomination is a group that participates with other Christian groups. Um, And sect is the opposite term. Um, Church of Christ used to be a sect, and that means they Mm -hmm. don't participate with anyone else. They don't cooperate with other groups. And so he would say they used to be a sect, but they have in recent decades become a denomination because they've begun to participate more with other groups.
0: So let me throw in uh, another nuance to to this discussion. And Daniel, you're making me think about this. So perhaps... Where most of our listeners might be most familiar with the word denominational is when someone says, I go to a non-denominational church. And then your next question might be, what does that mean? Uh, And in fact, if you grew up within churches of Christ, you might say, well, that's the church I go to is a non-denominational church. What people often mean in the modern context for someone that says, I go to a non-denominational church uh, is what Daniel was just saying is that sociological definition, that this non-denominational church is not affiliated with any larger group of churches. Now, their doctrine, on the other hand, might be very closely aligned to some recognizable group, um, you know, whether it's reform or uh, Baptist, or uh, you, know, you, you can go down the list of points, and perhaps it's a hodgepodge of a bunch of different uh, theological ideas. But this idea of the non-denominational church is very popular to those who, who view uh, named churches as some sort of division that has arisen, and they, they just want to go back to a, a simple church.
2: So I think it's interesting to see that as fast as non-denominational churches have grown uh, in popularity, uh, just as quick people have then assigned them to their denomination of calling them community churches, and uh, I know there's there's several other names that you can really refer to them as. But well, they, that's what we call them, but identify.
0: But that's not actually that's a what, group of churches. I mean, they don't have a central and, meeting.
2: Well, no, they they all operate independently. I mean, some of them uh, may have had satellite churches, like uh, uh, here in Austin. Sure. Uh, I guess the big uh, com- what community church, using air quotes, there is uh, Austin Stone. Uh, uh, I would put them in the category of mega churches, just because they meet in gymnasiums and things like that. Some of them have their own buildings and things like that, but. They, uh, it's, it's, they have grown from a central campus, uh, and they call themselves a non-denominational church because they started independent with their own belief structure that, you know, they're saying these are, this is our vision of how a church should grow. Um, now how in tune they are to what the scripture actually says is another thing.
0: So let me ask this. Was, was their lead minister uh, Stone
1: Cold Steve Austin?
2: Uh, no, it was the Rolling Stones. Where, where, are you, where are you going with this? I don't know. It's just a funny name for a church. I wanted to
1: ask a question. I may answer it myself. <laughs> Whether, um, what is it that churches of Christ are trying to escape by claiming that they are non-denominational um, or that they are not a denomination? Um, So what definition of the word are they thinking of when they say that, when they say we're not a denomination?
2: Well, I think it's very important to just the doctrine that the Church of Christ uh, abides by says that there is a universal church, the one that Christ started. And so if you aren't making a claim to be a part of that church, then you're already a step behind where you need to be. So, yeah, I mean, if you're not claiming to be non-denominational, then you're in the wrong, or you're not aware of what the Scripture actually says about what the Church is. So, I mean, Baptists, would they consider themselves non-denominational, or are they going to say, yes, we are the denomination of the Baptist"? and if you're going to say that this denomination is uh, the only one that's going to be saved, uh, then you have your work cut out for you.
0: So, perhaps... That's a conversation that we might not even be prepared for. But what do individual Christian groups, Christian denominations, if we want to call them that, what do they believe about the salvation of other groups? That's always been an interesting question to me. Where do different groups draw the line of salvation, or do they draw it draw it at all? That said, Stephen, I think you're referring to. That what I was using as the second definition. That's the one that members of the church, churches of Christ, love to use. That there is one uh, primitive church. Uh, that there is uh, that there is no creed. There is only the Bible, um, and that we should only go back to that. And for the and I, I count myself among those that would say that that we should always be looking to go back. Um, I think, though, that if a a Baptist or a Methodist was to say that I'm a member of a denomination, they're referring to it in the sociological way, that first definition that I'm I'm in an identifiable group of the Christian church. And they would say to a Church of Christ member, and so are you, because I can identify you as Church of Christ. Because when I go to another Church of Christ congregation, it's going to be... Basically similar, not completely uh, similar because we don't have a, a central authority, uh, but that's kind of how you are able to tell the difference. Like
1: many denominations don't have central authority, so that Correct. also needs right. to be noted. Right. Um, I'll, I'll show my cards here and say, um, I would claim, when someone asked me, I would say, I'm part of the, I'm, maybe not use the word, but I would think of myself as part of the Church of Christ denomination, and when I think of that, if I say that out loud, um, what I'm thinking of is exactly what you've just described. You know, I'm a part of a group that has a that uh, prescribes to a certain set of beliefs or doctrines that are identifiable and similar. Um, that's why, I mean, that's why uh, Church of Christ directories are able to take people out of there because they're not prescribing to a certain uh, certain set of beliefs. Um or they they'll so even put a they'll put a little letter
0: next to it and say oh this is a one cupper congregation so just be aware
1: yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah exactly but like michael said they're generally the same um just like what are some other uh presbyterians i think are local uh, they have local governing authorities autonomous um,
0: congregations yeah
1: yeah uh they may have like creeds but they're autonomous i'm not i mean i'm not sure we about, could anyways. be wrong Yeah. um, But they're in the same boat where they can say, yeah, you generally know what my church is going to be like. uh, So I can say I'm part of this denomination.
0: And and let me go ahead and say that I think that that is useful. As much as I hate the word denomination, I do like the idea that you're able to identify a church. Um, It. There is a a well-known Church of Christ preacher uh, who actually got in trouble for quoting once. His name is Rubel Shelley. And he had one sermon where he was talking about how he wanted the sign out front to have four sides to it. And on one side, it would say, you know, the Church of Christ meets here. And then on the other side, it would say the way meets here. And on the other side, it would say the church. And then on the other side, you know, the brethren meets here. Just to show that it's not about the name. It's about the, the people who we are. That's As much as I admire his heart, I think that that's confusing. Um, so there is something useful to the idea that I can generally know that when I'm traveling to a new city, when I move somewhere new, um, that I know what I'm getting when I go to a different church. Um, so that's kind of sidestepping the question of uh, how, what, what we think about creeds, what we think about uh, local autonomy, congregational autonomy, but just for the sake of... Wouldn't
2: that then just be an unsaid uh, guideline or principle that uh, if you have the name Church of Christ, then you are at least... Going down this uh, path or using these guidelines and I mean there's so many different types of churches of Christ and there's so many different types of Catholic churches uh, that it, you're really you can't just pick one random um, right these days and,
1: yeah but uh, 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 Catholic you use that example um, or Baptist is probably even the best example for the widest range of beliefs within a certain uh, group. Because they're the um, biggest. but it, they're, Yeah, yeah, because they're big. Outside um, of the Catholic Church, yeah.
0: yeah, In America.
1: So, because... <laughs> thank you. Um, so, but wouldn't you still say that if someone told you they were Baptist, even though that has such a wide range of beliefs, that would tell you still a lot um, that would differentiate them from Catholics or uh, probably even Churches of Christ? Yeah. Um, even though Church, of Christ, and Baptists are actually very similar, but um, you would know. Don't so tell me much that. Don't them. tell me that. We'll have a different discussion about that. I've been <laughs> saying for a while we need to have a podcast where we rank the denominations. We will be banned from all the airwaves, but it'd be great fun. Um, anyways, uh, but it, you would know so much. Uh, mainly, like just think of thinking of the difference between a Catholic in, on any part of the spectrum versus a Baptist on any part of the spectrum.
0: So, Stephen, do you think that that's useful?
2: I think it can be useful at times, but at the same time, like I was saying, you create an unsaid definition for that church. And doesn't that in itself create it or make it become a denomination? Just purely identifying this name goes with this characteristic. Uh, yeah, this is kind of the the
0: opposite of, of uh, I'm thinking of what's a good example here, the, maybe the opposite of Fight Club, you know, where, you know, rule number one, you know, don't tell anyone about it. Uh, w- rule number one about being a part of the Churches of Christ is that we're all autonomous, which it's weird to think that there's any rules for an autonomous group, that everyone is, is separate from each other, The to identify in this group is to de-identify, it's to remove yourself. In fact, uh, that's what um, I'm gonna get them mixed up. It was either Thomas or Alexander Campbell, who some people would call Church of Christ members Campbellites because uh, these were some of the first men along with Barton W. Stone to identify uh, with the movement, with these names. And they didn't even call themselves Church of Christ members. But the very first thing that they did was they wrote the last will and... Why didn't
2: they go by the name stoners?
0: (laughs) I don't think it would have been uh, as punny uh, back then. But one of the first things they did was write the last will and testament, testament of their particular church organization, basically saying, we want to dissolve... This denominational idea of uh, a ruling creed, uh, churches that are um, go up to a central authority saying, we're getting away from that. Our only creed, if you even want to call it that, is the Bible. It is scripture.
2: Okay, so if we were to just kind of go through a list of what we might consider as denominations um, catholic church we could easily check them off and say they have a central authority uh that they take or they have their creeds and uh, uh what they use as their doctrine it all comes from the same place uh baptist uh a lot of them are autonomous some of them uh, I, I guess network through this uh the Southern same
1: baptist convention
2: yeah uh so where are we uh, where are we different from the autonomous the other autonomous congregations out there?
1: I mean doctrinally that, that's the, whole that point we the would have a, that's the whole point of the discussion is we differentiate from right. this other autonomous group because we have different doctrines. So call them denomination XYZ. Uh-huh. Call us denomination Church of Christ because we have these certain beliefs that they don't have.
2: Okay, and so at what point do we fellowship or disfellowship them? I guess that's the ultimate uh, thing that we're actually getting down to, right? So, so let me let me put up a hypothetical
0: uh, because this this is my way of not answering your question while answering it. Um, let's say hypothetically we sent a missionary uh, to. The, the deepest region of India, pick a random country. And they came upon a Christian church that was already meeting there. And, uh, lest I go down the list of all church of Christ doctrines, everything they were doing looked like a church of Christ baptizing for the remission of sins. Uh, you know, a plurality eldership, weren't using instruments, whatever you want. But then, uh, the, the missionary asks, what do you call yourselves? And they say, oh, we, the Church we, of the Unknown God. Are they, are they, what if they call themselves, we, we are the, we're the Baptist church of this town? Is it only about a name or is it about a core set of doctrine? Um,
2: perhaps so you're doing it all wrong. <laughs> you're doing it all wrong.
0: To me, I would, I would, uh, you know, some some members. I know what seen. you would say. You
2: say, "I will tear down this building and rebuild it in three <laughs> days," and they will scream, "We <laughs> took us decades to build this. <laughs> all of
1: use, all of our resources. You horrible, horrible man!" And then you say, "I was
0: only speaking metaphorically." <laughs>
1: you
0: know, I I can't help but think that, um, you know, there are some who would say, well, don't you know that that's not a biblical name? And that's a reasonable thing to say. You might ask them, why do you call yourselves that? And they say, oh, that's a name we heard. We thought it was a good name. Um, that said, I I think that from the way I read scripture, that names, names are actually something that, that you're usually called by someone else. They're usually derogatory at first. Um, And so names to me are not the most important thing uh, unless you get to pick – unless, you know, of course, if you're picking it yourself, why not go with a good biblical one, Um, which I think is a good reason to use the Church of Christ name. But to say that someone who is doctrinally correct on so many other things, but their name has, you know, come down through the ages or or something else, that doesn't seem to be the – place to start a conversation.
1: So I'll leave it there. Um, that uh, I think that's a good segue into the topic of uh, the visible and the invisible church, which we mentioned earlier. I think those are terms coined by St. Augustine, but I'm not totally positive of that. The idea being that uh, there are those who call themselves the church, which at his time was very defined um, as there's one church. Um, and then he says there's also the invisible church, the subgroup. I don't know if he would have said there are people outside of, um, the people who called themselves Christians. I'd probably doubt it, but I don't know. Um, but there is a, there's a group called, um, that's the invisible church. Those who are truly Christians, um, those who, as he would say, are, are going to truly be saved. Um, and they don't always correlate with the ones who have the right name. Um, so, Michael, you're you're making me think of that. And I, I think that's pertinent to this discussion because um, even if we say, yeah, I'm a member of the church, obviously, we think the churches of Christ have the right doctrine or else we wouldn't be a part of the group. Right, right. Um, to, to some extent, at least. So we think that's right. But I think it's also important to realize that there are those within our group that um, are not living as true Christian brothers. And there, I would go as far as to say, y'all can agree or disagree, that there are those outside of our fellowship um, who, and they maybe even don't even follow those same uh, doctrinal standards, um, but there are those outside of our fellowship who are also part of the Invisible Church, who are true Christian brothers. Um, And I think that that is a, an important part of this conversation on
2: uh, well let's start the from the Christ beginning as a Then,
1: denomination
2: all right let's start from the most basic uh question uh, somebody that uh follows the god of their heart um but has never been presented with the gospel uh and from from that standpoint has never been baptized and uh confessed uh Uh, need for Christ's sacrifice, uh, are they saved?
0: Are are you making a Romans 1, Romans 2 argument that, you know, someone who has the law written on their hearts but has no other, um, you know, they've never seen a Bible, that sort of thing?
2: Okay. Yeah. Well. Yeah. And then uh, also contrasting uh, with other scriptures that say that you must be baptized. Yeah. Um, this this is probably an unpopular
0: opinion uh, within churches of Christ. It, this this to me is the difference between the exclusivist position, which is you you must name Jesus uh, as you you must confess his name. You must put him on in baptism. Uh, And then I I would call this a a halfway inclusivist position is what I would take is that um, someone could not know the name Jesus because it was never presented to them, but they could know intuitively who God is, uh, have love for him and uh, and confess to this unknown God, as we mentioned earlier. Um, and it is still Jesus and His in the blood that covers uh, all believers that saves them. Uh, baptism is is uh, obviously the best way of doing this, but the revealed truth to them is what they are responsible for. Um, yeah, I I have very uh, there there are some of my most respected. Friends who are much more knowledgeable about this than me who would take the exclusivist position. uh, And I I respect that.
2: It sounds like you're going towards the direction that baptism is a symbolic gesture of what you did.
1: (laughs) No, I did not say that.
2: How? Well, no. How how is it not if you don't necessarily need it? You said it was a good way to uh, display, or I'm not. It, to it actually is, act out it is the revealed truth
0: that that is given to us that wherever the gospel is preached baptism is essential as part of the gospel message I'm only making the the very slight case for those who have never heard the gospel that there is a way for them to uh, come to come to know God that the, the uh, irony of this situation is Every person I will ever meet does not fall into that category. In fact, what we are trying to do is to make sure that no one falls into that category because category, I, I believe we as the church believe that it is when you're presented with the word, even if you had rejected it beforehand, it is so much easier uh, to fall in love with the gospel when presented. Um, and I'd say it's probably more difficult to do it without uh, the presented word of Jesus Christ and the blood that covers over us through baptism.
2: You left out uh, a very common, at least this, uh, from the classes and worship settings that I've been in, uh, the word grace. That grace definitely can cover situations like this, and I thought that would probably, I thought that was going to be your go-to uh, answer for. Um, that situation. Um, I mean, and it it is not hard to think of or point to actual examples of this happening all over the world where people have never been presented the gospel, but, um, are to be held accountable for their actions Um, the entire Native American population uh, may or may not have been in that situation. Is there a need for us to expand it even further and address uh, people that are monotheistic as far as Muslims that worship Allah? Can we all agree that Allah is not the God (laughs) of the Bible?
0: Well, that's a close-handed issue that... um, that if you don't accept Jesus Christ as the son of God, then you're not a Christian, and which would exclude uh, yeah, Mormons, that, that, Jehovah's, Jehovah's Witnesses. Yeah. Sure. So we, we can even go beyond Jews and Muslims and Zoroastrians. Uh, th- those people are definitely outside. There's been an argument within the United States, you know, are Mormons mainline Christians and Call me a bigot if you want to, but I don't think we can count them as mainline Christians if they don't believe that Jesus Christ is the only son of God. Uh, so that that is a closed-handed issue.
1: Well,
2: it's yes. well I was going to say
1: that some people make the case that because many Mormons don't even know that they have that distinctive belief, that they should – they are, in effect – um, they are in fact, mainline Christian. They're great. Which I think is interesting.
2: The best.
0: <laughs> I don't know enough about the Mormon faith to know what percentage of them don't believe that, but come on. I mean, it seems to me like you should have at least some responsibility for the baseline doctrines of the church that you claim to be a part of. So.
1: Well, I mean, in that, I mean. <laughs> I don't think so, because then the Church of Christ – I mean, there are going to be generations. So the Church of Christ have changed radically over the okay. last 150 years, and that would mean each generation is responsible for that doctrine from the previous generation.
0: Oh, well, how about this one? How about the fact that Mormons don't believe that the Word of God is the entire Word of God? I, I think that that's pretty much across the board.
1: But No, but uh, no, and that that isn't. That's what I'm saying. Like, they may even – they may. I'm not saying that they're totally ignorant of it, but they are they don't use it at all. Like, I, the, A lot of the Mormons I know um, never even use the Book of Mormon.
2: I believe that
1: Jesus Bible. Christ is the Son of God. Can you make that claim?
2: And they'll be like, oh yeah, well you guys read books and listen to N. T. Wright, and so y'all aren't much better. Wait, you is Max Licato
0: listen- not an extra book? A further... Revelation.
1: Sorry. So, back to the conversation of Church of Christ's denominations. Um, said a lot about uh, what it means to be a denomination. There's so many different definitions, and I think even in our conversation we're having now, yeah. we're dealing with those. Right. Um, I think maybe all three of us are working with a different understanding of the word. Um, and so I, at the very least, I think we should have that appreciation for other people having that difficulty. If we can't be unified oh. as brothers, how can we be unified as a church? <laughs> Thank you, Michael. Um, and then we went on, we talked a lot about, especially with the invisible, visible church, about the Church of Christ acting as a denomination. Do, are they a part? Are they themselves a denomination? Are other people a part of the church? Um, are they a part of the church? Um, so let's end with a discussion now of what does it mean for members of the church of Christ um, to, to either be or not be a denomination? What's the importance of this?
2: I would say that the, the most important thing is not that you're finding a place that uh, identifies as church of Christ, but that you're finding a place that uses uh, the Bible as it's sole authority on scriptural decisions and not uh, solely re- uh, relying upon the judgment of elders. Uh, not to say that elders are incapable of doing that and leading, but you know, uh, when it all comes down to it, you have to test what the elders are doing and the church itself uh, based upon what is in scripture. Uh, that is the, the main concern about who you want to identify yourself with.
0: That's that's well said. And I would even add on, uh, you shouldn't go to a place where whatever the preacher says is, you know, what's the accepted truth of that congregation. You have to go back to the Bible. Um, I I would make one other statement about how members of Churches of Christ should react to outside groups. I would say that uh, when we're presenting a a public message uh, to the outside world, Um, let's say that, you know, it's, it's Christmas time or Easter and one of the big news organizations wants to have, uh, some Christian come on their broadcast and say something about the, the birth or death of Jesus, uh, and the resurrection of Jesus. Um, we as, as members of God's church should be excited anytime that that message is presented, even if it's someone who we somewhat disagree with, um, That said, when it comes to local evangelism and actually, you know, touching the lives of individuals, um, that's when I think we should sharpen our distinctives, not in a, you know, trashing other groups, but to say that, you know, what the Bible has to say really does matter. You should read the Bible and you should decide for yourself uh, what's important. And then you should find a congregation that also is reading the Bible as authoritative, um, and, and worship with those believers who you believe are honestly trying to advance the word of God.
2: Let me fit one more thing in. Uh, w- one thing that churches of Christ are, uh, have been historically well known for is, uh, raising godly children. And that uh, I know that we've looked at the fallout rate or people that have fallen away, uh, from churches of Christ, but uh, there have been a lot of churches that give families the tools to help uh, or at least get them involved and in, uh, help families raise children in a proper way that they will uh, come out the other side uh, knowledgeable of why they believe what they believe, and there's a lot of uh, denominations or religious groups or congregations that do a good job of that also, but just have different doctrines that they abide by.
1: Um, for, for my comment, I'm going to address some of our topics from earlier and then end with uh, an answer for how I think church of Christ should handle this issue. Um, regarding the question of uh, denominations and those different definitions of that, I, I wanted to say and I know you all disagree with me, so um, I just I want to state that. I would say that Church of Christ are all three of the definitions that Michael um, mentioned at the beginning. So are they a, a fraction, just a, a identifiable group within Christianity? I would say yes. Are they a branch off of uh, the historical uh, trunk of Christianity? I'd say yes, they are that as well. Um, and are they, uh, the sociological denomination, um, are they, are they becoming more embedded in mainline culture and less sectarian? I'd say, yes, they are that as well, though they were not in the past. Um, and so I'm very comfortable in almost every sense of the word, uh, calling our fellowship that while I obviously, um. Identify as the trans, a member of the transcendent church, the, the invisible church, the true kingdom of God. I'd say, um, I am also a part of this smaller subgroup, um, denomination, the churches of Christ. Uh, and, and I am proud of that, um, for the most part. And, uh, I, I enjoy working within that fellowship because I think they, they have, they get a lot of things right and they bring a lot of things to, the table. Um, Now, regarding the last issue of how are members of the Church of Christ to act, I think that sociological definition is important to remember here, that I think it's healthy for us to uh, interact and learn from the other fellowships as, I think we get a lot of things right, but I think it would also be um, very uh, conceited to say that the movement that took place in the 1800s somehow stumbled upon perfect doctrine. And so it would seem probabilistic that there are other um, beliefs and uh, ideas that we can learn from, from history and from other groups and into the future. Um, And so I think that uh, posture of humility is important for us to maintain.
0: That's the ironic statement right there, though. and I, I, I mostly agree with what you're saying. But the irony is that the, the great truth that they s- stumbled upon, and to our listeners, I'm using air quotes, uh, the great truth that they stumbled upon was that humility is required, um, that we should be humble in giving complete deference to Scripture, um, and that we should try to cast away... Uh, what divides us. I mean, that's, that's the unity. Yeah.
1: yeah, That's totally right. Um, But here's the thing that members of the church of Christ often don't realize. Again, I think this is coming from an area of uh, vanity and pride is that other fellowships, other denominations have said that exact same thing throughout history. And they say, yeah, I mean, they, so a creed is obviously not from the Bible, right? Um, But they would say us doing creeds does have roots in Christianity. But then they will say that for every, every one of their doctrines or beliefs. And there are, I mean, that's the most extreme example. But there's even those who are trying to be primitive and even they will have different beliefs. And they're going to say, well, I'm interpreting the Bible right. Y'all are interpreting it wrong. Right. So I just think it's important for us to continue those Discussions, and I do like what Stephen said um, about what I, I we bring to the table about biblical literacy, um, and I think that is important for our fellowship to maintain. Stephen, I ahead. think
2: I can at least attempt to try and uh, tie this together for us. So the the three definitions that you gave, Daniel, and I'm with Michael. I think I agree with most of what you said. the The definitions that you gave, those are tendencies. They are things that really show the human aspect of the church. And so just because the church does not do what it's supposed to do does not mean that it's not the church anymore. It is is—it is taking a step in the opposite direction of where God would want them to go. But the thing that I believe and why I place myself in what I view as the church the difference between my congregation and ones that I believe are not part of the universal church is that once I correct myself, I'm following the doctrine of what the Bible says to do, where those, the others, I do not believe that they are.
1: That's right. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. They would obviously argue with that. Um, but no, that, Of that course, makes they think sin- what
2: they're doing is right. We think what we're yeah, doing yeah. is right. And it's a difference of interpretation. And we've done several podcasts on that. So if you haven't been listening, you need to go back and listen because we've talked about this <laughs> stuff already.
1: Exactly. The, yeah, all of this podcast was just one long pitch for our other podcasts. So there you go. Surprise if you made it to the end.
0: That's it for today. We'll have a brand new episode for you next week. Check out our blog at religionandstory.wordpress.com
2: and leave us your feedback. See you next time.